This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And I will be honest with you. <laughs> when we are recording this, today is... I don't know. I don't want to say it's not it's not a great day or a good day. Everything is relative in that mm-hmm. sense where other pieces of a day can be great, but other pieces right. aren't. So I just, by the time you're listening to this, I, I just don't want to spend too much time on this because who knows what the discussion point will be 24 hours from now, mm-hmm. 48 hours, 72, you name it. But it is, it is a tough uh, moment if you are a woman in this country. And this is something that I just think it's really important to say because as a woman in sports, and I brought this up kind of in a different way, last episode talking about how lack of representation still even affects me. For instance, when Mm -hmm. I talk about, I've never seen a woman go through a pregnancy in my role and how that is hard because as somebody who doesn't know, like, what that looks like in a job for Mm -hmm. somebody like that. There's a lot to kind of process within that. And so when we're talking about representation and everything else, it is a tough, it is a tough thing because I think one of the most difficult pieces of being a woman in sports, but I would also just expand that to being a woman that exists in this country is whenever you have concerns or you are alarmed by something or you're scared or you want to talk openly about your concerns on something people are very quick. And I don't, don't want to use the broad strokes of, you know, everyone that's not mm-hmm. true, but people really, that is when the stick to sports crowd comes out the loudest and it is yeah. incredibly, um, it's a very lonely place to be when you want to mm-hmm. be able to speak about the things that will greatly affect you and people yes stop you and cut you at the knees before you can even get there by saying stick to sports. I don't want to hear about that. Yep. I want to hear about it. Something that's super important. I think um, for everybody to keep in mind at all times is context. Mm-hmm. Um, there are contextual things within every single person's life on this planet that other people are not aware of unless it's spoken out loud. Um, so we had an off channel conversation, but everything that's going on right now for me is, pretty triggering. I don't, I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast, but unless I said it out loud, people wouldn't understand or know why. Um, so if someone is openly trying to have a discussion about the things that are affecting them or the things that scare them or any other thing, allow them this space. I don't care what, what their occupation is. Um, not a lot like trying to stifle voices, I think is how we've gotten a lot of the places we are. Well, it's what we talked about last week with Sedona Prince. And I do want to just offer a quick update on that. Um, 
having heard from people around her that are good friends with her, she's doing all right. Um, she actually did reactivate her TikTok just briefly or she had deleted the password or something. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was, this is the reason that I say we need to stop chasing voices away from important spaces because the reason she came back, she made a TikTok and said it was because she wanted to show off her new haircut, um, which looks great. But she also had a really important reason that she needed to come back to the space. And she had a uh, live conversation with Beto O'Rourke on TikTok. And they discussed a wide range of things. I mean, when I tuned in, they were still kind of talking about what, you know, got him into politics, what inspired him to start uh, running mm-hmm. uh, for different political offices. And this is the thing where why I talk about like why we, you know, shouldn't be so quick to shut down voices. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have the, the flip side of that in just a second is that in that conversation, Sedona opened up that conversation with Beto to a huge Beto. Sorry, when I ever say just his first name for some reason, like my like an, my pronunciation ability, it just like goes out the window. Um, but that conversation was opened up to a much broader audience of people who, you know, maybe wouldn't have previously heard from him or had an opportunity to hear from him through the lens of Sedona. Mm -hmm. And she was able to ask questions and facilitate a conversation that in my opinion, um, was incredibly well done. Mm -hmm. It was great. Um, when we talk about how to make politics more, um, accessible and more helping people understand that these are people that work for us, they are not somebody to be fans of. They are a public servant allowing a constituent or an individual because for the record Sedona is from Texas Mm -hmm. Beto is who would represent her so she while she currently lives in Oregon is a resident of Texas so this is a constituent who has the rights and ability to ask questions of this person and to essentially interview them and interview them in front of a large audience and I think you know obviously I, I, I say this sometimes, and I know I've probably talked about this on this podcast before. I was a political science minor in mm-hmm. college and really thought I wanted to work on a campaign trail. Like that was like what I thought would be amazing. I need to just be explicitly clear that like politics of today are not like the use of the word politics is not it's not being used correctly any longer. Yeah. Like politics have become things I don't like. Mm-hmm. And so um, you hear like, well, I don't like that topic. So like, stop being political. Stop doing that. I don't like that. Stop being political. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I, it's just, for me, it's like, you know, conversation is important. And so mm-hmm. what I was saying on the flip is I understand that there are people who are going to disagree with me. Now there are areas where I draw a pretty strict line when it gets into human rights, mm-hmm. when it gets into basically taking away the fundamental rights someone has, that is no longer a, a tomato tomato situation. Right. That is, we fundamentally um, cannot, like th- that, is the, that is not politics, that is morals. Mm-hmm. You and I have a morality difference here. And that is where I, again, when we get into this, like, oh, everything's political, it's actually not a lot of it is morality Mm -hmm. and people don't want to have that conversation around 
what is and isn't something because it, they then have to kind of have that moment to themselves to like address their own morality. Yep. I actually saw a TikTok the other day that really changed um, just my thinking process on, on topics that are like that. Um, and I can't remember who it was, so I wouldn't be able to link it. I'm sure I could go find it, but it'd take me a minute. But essentially, this individual was saying, you know, why, why does a particular group of people hate this particular group of people so much? Mm-hmm. And it's because if, you know, you take away that the things that they've thought their whole lives are believed in, where's their identity? That's, that can be very scary. Um, so when we, <laughs> it's okay to adapt and grow as human beings though. And I think that sometimes I know that we say that a lot on this podcast, but the thing that gets left out is like, yes, we need to have these conversations. We need to keep, um, you know, building, but sitting in that uncomfortableness and at least allowing yourself to hear someone else's perspective. You don't have to agree on everything. We're human beings and we're not going to, but the morality stuff, just listening can be helpful. And it's not, not saying that you're, oh my gosh, it's going to, everything's going to change your mind, but being open and willing to hear someone else's experience and actually listen and take that in and leaning into the conversation even if it's just listening, can change your perspective. And perspective is really freaking important when it comes to these issues. And honestly, like I wouldn't even be surprised if there are some people who tuned in for this episode and they got to about this point and they're like, I'm out. Yeah. And in my opinion, that would be a shame because mm-hmm. a lot of these, we're going to talk about some good things in sports and just yes. some things that you need to know. Um, some important things that you need to know that have nothing to do with the scores, the outcomes or anything that happened on a court, a field, mm-hmm. any of it, but are important within this, the world of sports right now. But these things all directly affect student athletes as well. One of the big things that we're not going to dive into on this podcast just yet, because there's a lot of nuance to be had, but uh, over the weekend with the NFL draft and then the deadline for players to enter the transfer portal and still be eligible to eligible to play in 2022. Um, there's a lot of the world is ending. The sky is falling. Mm. Everything is terrible. The, the, the true heart of collegiate athletics is gone. And here's the thing that I will say is like to the people who are on that side of the fence where they're like, you know, everything's bad. Like I can actually, like, I can understand, like we, I'm not on that side of the fence, mm-hmm. but I can understand why people are like, change is well, hard. Change yeah. is scary. Change makes you feel like this thing that I loved and supported for a long time is now different. And so like, I can understand and like recognize why somebody, someone, somebody would be feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I can also understand the people who are going, it's not a big deal. Like just let it settle. Like just give it some time. Mm-hmm. Like this is what happens when the NCAA didn't throw up any guardrails. And so now we're seeing the like, we're seeing the reality of what was sort of expected that like, it we would talked about this a year ago. Yeah. I mean, we knew <laughs> we'll that this see what be- happens in a year is what we said. <laughs> yeah. We knew this would be chaotic and like, it's going to remain chaotic, but mm-hmm. it will eventually sort itself out just like anything else that when change happens, but I can also understand the people who are kind of like firmly in the middle where they're like, you know, it is what it is. Like yeah. we'll figure it out. So like, these are why these, these conversations are important because what I have started to see and I, this, so the reason I wanted to bring that piece up is a lot of these conversations um, 
seem to kind of miss the mark as far as like when we're talking about women's health care, there's a lot of people speaking on behalf of women. When we're talking about student athletes, there's a lot of people speaking on behalf of student athletes. When we're talking about um, issues pertaining to racism, to um, homophobia, to it, the list goes on and on and on. We're not, we're speaking on behalf of black people. We're speaking on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And it's not that like when we talk about allyship, that's important. We need people to be able to speak up and add mm -hmm. their voices and amplify a message. But where it gets, where I start to get very, uh, it just gives me some hesitation is, well, no, it makes me uncomfortable is when I see a lot of people who are not directly impacted by something speaking so boldly. Yep. about it. And so that's why with like, like everything, they're the authority on the topic. Right. So yeah. when we, you know, in, when in these conversations, by the way, need to continue happening, mm -hmm. but um, in 2020 at, you know, following the death, the murder of George Floyd, and when the country erupted in protests, um, here's what happened is you had a lot of people who were speaking in their minds on behalf of the black community and how they should feel and what mm -hmm. they think and all of this. And the reality was, is a lot of us needed to shut up yep. and step back and listen in speaking that, over and speaking for not the same thing as amplifying. Yes, because I, I have not had. So like when you hear of a mom who talks about, I am concerned when I send my son off into the world, because if he gets pulled over by a police officer, this is the, this is what I have taught him um, and I, I should be more clear. I'm speaking specifically about black men and women. Mm -hmm. um, you hear their stories of here's what we teach our children. And this, it, it reminds me of like, when we talk about like women who we teach our daughters to carry their keys between their knuckles when mm -hmm. they're walking to their car at night, or we teach them don't park next to a van, right? We teach them basically ways to protect themselves from um, things that honestly should not be a threat. Mm -hmm. The reality is, is like what you're wearing doesn't get you raped. A rapist right. does. Yep. Um, there's, and I think, you know, these conversations are hard and we've had the conversations are hard conversation on this podcast, mm -hmm. but um, you know, I think a lot of people escape to sports as this thing to take their mind off of yeah. all of this. And I can understand and appreciate that. But the reality is, is these are human beings who are directly affected by all of this stuff that's happening. And they have a right, they have a fundamental right to speak up on it or to be upset or to not want to just be a puppet mm -hmm. in a system to make us feel like we can escape for a moment. Honestly, I've started to think this as I've gotten older. If you want an escape, go watch a TV show that's for a walk, go for a walk. <laughs> but if you're like, I need to watch something on TV, go watch a TV show. Yes. That's scripted. Yep. Go get lost in a seven season uh, TV show where everything is predetermined from the start to the finish. And like, you, like using, yeah. using, Ask like sports as this escape. Like I can understand it, but like it takes away this fundamental understanding that these pe these are people, yeah, and they're not just performance. They're not. 
they, they're not characters in a play. They're actual human beings that happen to be gifted athletes. You know, like it's, I think that, um, and it's, I think that it's also difficult because of the way that media works. It's kind of been set up this way for a very long time. Um, you know, and, and you have, I don't want to say corporate overlords cause that's a little dramatic, but maybe it isn't, but you also have, you know, owners and, you know, people who are operating things that have kept it out, you know, tried to as much as they can keep, you know, quote unquote politics out of sports. Well, I'm sorry, but it's 2022 and everything else is evolving and changing and, you know, more conversations are being had. People are more comfortable standing up for and representing themselves as human beings. So maybe it's time that we start listening and stop getting so upset because we've, I've used this analogy or, you know, comparison before, but if you were encountering something at work or, you know, wherever, would you stay in a job where they told you to shut up? Cause I don't mm-hmm. think you would. I really don't oh. think you would. <laughs> in fact, so let's just dive into all of this stuff because this is all sort of related when we talk about like why. So I like, I've never had anyone ask like, why do you do this? Like, why do you do this podcast? Like no one's ever asked that, but I'm sure there are people out there that are like, why does this exist? And the reason it exists is because I truly believe, and I know Sasha does as well, that in the world of every podcast on this planet talking about sports, it's good to have ones that challenge the, the broader thinking. And I'm not like, it sounds very holier than thou and like pat us on the back, but I'm just saying like, it would be really easy to just show up with this podcast every week and be like, Hey, what's up everyone. Let's just talk about like what happened in sports over the last week. And I'm not saying those are easy, by the way, I'm just saying like, it would be easier when you decide convenient. It would be convenient because for us to have these conversations, here's the reality. So we do open ourselves up to, um, feedback from people mm-hmm. who, if they don't like what we're saying, they let us know. And that's fine. The, the world feedback is not a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I think where I get really overwhelmed is when it goes into this, like when it crosses a line into personal attacks yeah. and thankfully we haven't had that in a long time, but yeah, I just feel like with some conversations, you just inevitably you just inevitably walk into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I completely lost my train of thought on the first thing I was going to share with you, but that's fine because we're going to talk about this. I actually do have stuff pulled up. And when that one comes back into my memory, we'll recircle back. <laughs> um, so one story I know that we have talked a little bit about and why this is important, because there's been a lot of kind of misunderstanding and confusion about what's going on is Brittany Griner. And mm-hmm. Brittany Griner is the um, WNBA player who has been detained in, uh, and of course, right as I say that, my computer decided to go back to the previous <laughs> screen I was on. So I'm reopening it. But anyway, she was the, she was, she is the WNBA star who has been detained in Russia. The United States, as of like, just as we are recording this, like just about an hour before we started recording this podcast, has has made the has classified this as 
her being wrongfully yes. detained by Russia. Now, her name has come back up recently because the United States uh, made an agreement to do a um, exchange of another detained United States citizen with somebody that was being detained in the United States from Russia. They can't, I don't understand the nuances of all of this stuff, yeah. but basically they came to an agreement to do that. So people were quickly, quickly to say like Brittany next, which mm-hmm. absolutely. So the United States government has now, like I said, deemed this to be deemed it to be that she is wrongfully detained. This has signaled a significant shift. And I'm reading from ESPN in how officials will try to get her home. These sources, this is coming from sources who are familiar with her case. Now, when we originally talked about this, people were upset because they were like, this is a queer woman who is being detained on a kind of bogus drug charge. Um, And spare me if anyone is listening and you're like, well, don't take a vape pen. Spare me on that. Spare me for a second, because what you are doing is two things here is you are trusting the Russian government that they are telling you something completely accurate. Right. Um, But two, it's a vape pen. Anyway, I digress. Um, But when this all started to happen and the news was coming out, it had been about three weeks from the time that she had been detained to when the news started to get out that this had happened. And in that time period, people were like, if this was an NBA star, if this was LeBron James, the news would be everywhere on it, Mm -hmm. which is probably not inaccurate. I want to just also point that out. But Brittany's wife and family had told people they wanted this to be quiet. Mm -hmm. They did not want to make this. They did not want her to become a political pawn. They did not want it to be something where people were using her like the Russian government was suddenly like, oh, wow, this is somebody that is a big time deal. Uh We're going to use her to get whatever we want. They wanted to limit that as much as possible. So they were not giving interviews. Mm -hmm. They were not going on TV. And like, the thing is, is when people are like, why is this not being broadcast everywhere? We were also kind of failing to see like, why isn't her family talking openly about it? Like all the information we were getting from her family was coming from places like Instagram. Yeah. Um, So again, the United States government has been saying we're on this. We, we are monitoring this. And then there was the, like I said, the agreement on a different detainee that worked out and everyone quickly was like, yes. Brittany. So again, within about a week of that happening, the U S U S government has now shifted how they're approaching this. Um, so reading from ESPN.com, the officials and other sources close to Griner's case declined to say what led to the shift or whether there have been any discussions about what it would take to secure her release. Um, Brittany has been detained for 75 days, and our expectation is that the White House is that the White House do whatever is necessary to bring her home. Griner's agent, Lindsay Kagawa-Cola, said in a statement on e- to ESPN on Tuesday. Um The change in official designation means that the U.S. government will no longer wait for Griner's case to play out through the Russian legal system and will will now seek to negotiate her return. It also means that Griner's fellow WNBA players and supporters in Congress will be told that they have the family's blessing to bring as much attention to this case as they wish. We feel really good about it, a a source close to Griner said, but we also know it can drag out, so we don't want to get our hopes too high. So this is important. This is exciting because what they had been doing and I like for me, if I can offer anything to anyone, I'm going to follow the family's lead and the people like I'm going to mm-hmm. be watching for WNBA players and amplifying what they share because yep. that is who has the closest understanding of what is needed and what needs to be done. Um, but prior to now, the U.S. government had been 
taking the like, again, they didn't know if they were going to allow this to play out in like the Russian courts. They right. didn't know like what was essentially going to need to happen. Her family was asking people not to turn her into a political pawn. Now that the United States has basically said this is this is unlawful. Um, we're not going to wait for it to play out. We are going to start negotiating. Mm-hmm. Um, this is now where her family is saying, please make some noise, make this a big deal. So this is where we do need to start pressuring TV, uh, news publications, yes. everybody under cover the this. sun to cover this because now is the time. The understanding before was that people were doing the right thing by backing off. But now it is as of today, let's go yes. game on. Like, let's make this a thing. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is something where when we talk about, again, important conversations, this is, was an example for me where social media can be both a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. because Social media quickly was like, we got to get on top of this without realizing there was a lot of nuance to it. So now that's sort of the, you know, the initial shock of this has worn off. Like Mm -hmm. people need to find that like shock value again and go and get, go get fired up because now is the time to do that. So it it's confusing if you're somebody who's like i spend a lot of time on the internet mm-hmm. you're not somebody who spends a lot of time on the internet i can totally understand if you're like what is what? like <laughs> but this this is if you if you have been wanting to amplify britney griner and getting her home yeah. now is the time this they want you to do that mm-hmm. and if you're like me and you're like what should i be saying how should i keep an eye on WNBA players, keep an eye on her family, keep an eye on the people who know the situation and know Mm -hmm. her because they're the ones who you can then start to help amplify their voice and their message. Because when we talk about relying on people who are, who have an understanding, this is an example of that. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm like going and looking at it right now. Um, So hopefully this, this means Hopefully this means the start of getting her home as yeah, quickly be... as possible. Amazing. Okay, I, I just want to point out, sorry, no, you're don't apologize to me. And I'm just now apologizing <laughs> to you. No, I'm just looking to see ESPN has covered this. I just want, I was just curious. ESPN has covered this front office sports, USA today, sports illustrated. Um, so that this is the stuff where we just are going to need more and more and more of those big time outlets, not to do mm-hmm. one and done, keep covering this, keep amplifying. So um, again, fingers crossed that this now leads to a safe return home start of a safe return home mm-hmm. for her. And I also hope this leads to a conversation because I just actually spoke with um, jazz Shelley of Nebraska basketball last mm-hmm. week for a different project I'm working on. And we were talking about how the WNBA needs to be reconfigured. One, there needs to be an expansion of teams. There needs to be more teams. So more athletes have the, the ability to be drafted and to continue to play the game at a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it needs to also, I didn't even realize this. Like, this is why talking to people is so important. Yeah. She's from Australia. And she told me in Australia if anyone plays professional ball there, they're probably a part-time teacher. They're probably a part-time mm. 
anything. She was like, no one, no one in Australia is just full time, full time playing basketball. You are having to do something to supplement your income because they're not paying you anything, which is true in the WNBA too. Now there are WNBA players who make just enough to, you know, not necessarily need second jobs. But for many of them, if they want to come anywhere near the salaries of the, the NBA, mm-hmm. they're having to go overseas and put their lives at risk to play, to just have right. a fair wage based on what the NBA is making. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But if I hadn't have had that conversation yeah. and asked her about her thoughts about Brittany Griner and this whole, this whole situation, what she hopes to see from the WNBA and just women's basketball in general in the future, I wouldn't have realized that about how Australia, yeah. how their professional athletes are treated. And so it's like, this is a, this is a bigger deal. We have to really sincerely have a conversation about women's sports and how to yeah. one, make it safer um, but to make it more equal and fair, because as we're coming up on 50 years of Title Nine, it's great and yeah, dandy and everything. And like I've been working on a project that I'm very proud of. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is Title Nine hasn't done everything it should have in the last 50 years. And a lot of people misunderstand that Title Nine isn't just sports. Title Nine goes into the education piece and mm-hmm. everything else. And so when we talk about like um, women's rights, potentially like having this potential piece right now being restricted where does that fall into title nine right there was some real concerning language in what has come out of the supreme court talking about historical like the historical piece of like i I would have to go look up exactly what it said but basically what was like historical to our country well technically like um same-sex marriage uh the ability for women to vote uh interracial marriage uh Mm -hmm. Title nine and like the inclusive it, it, it like equality of women, both in education, sports and beyond, like those things aren't technically, quote unquote, historical to this country. So there are areas where it's like, you know, hey, 50 years of Title nine is pretty great. Uh, what are we doing in the next 50 years to make mm-hmm. sure that like 50 years from now and we're having this conversation? We're like, wow, it's a world better than it yes, was 50 years and ago. not regressing. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, this is why these conversations, once again, are so important. So, um, I did want to just also add this in there because this has been a particularly very difficult week for the women's softball world. Um, my heart like just goes out to the students, the teammates at James Madison university for the loss of their Mm -hmm. teammate, Lauren Burnett. Um, Lauren was a just incredible young woman, um, softball teams across this country, uh, wore ribbons and did dedications for her over this weekend. Um, as we now know, um, JMU is going, is done. It's season. They're, they're just, I mean, how do you ask them to go on? Mm -hmm. Um, this, I do want to just say a trigger warning. If you, um, this is just a trigger warning that if you don't want to hear talk about death by suicide, please skip forward. Probably about, I would say go forward about five minutes, Mm -hmm. just skip through this whole piece. Um, So right now, just a trigger warning on this, that if this is something that will be um, upsetting to you, please jump forward. I promise we're not going to go into any like specifics on anything one there aren't. And that would be awful um, to like dive into somebody's personal uh, situation to that level. So I just Mm -hmm. also do want to add that, that like, 
this is not a sensationalized conversation. Um, I just know that this can be a very triggering topic for some. So please, if you need to go forward, please do. Um, Lauren uh, is essentially when the news came out, um, I, it was unclear at the time it was being reported that it would be, that it was death by suicide, which Mm -hmm. I just want to throw this in there that if you or someone, you know, is having thoughts of suicide, there is the national suicide prevention lifeline available 24 hours a day. That number is 1-800-273-8255. But also for young people, if you know somebody, the Boys Town National Hotline is also there for you. You can speak to a counselor. Um, you can text with somebody as well. Mm-hmm. It's 1-800-448-3000. You can also Google both the Boys Town National Hotline as well as the suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Just please know if you or somebody out there um, ever needs to speak to someone, there are people who want to talk with you. Like you are never, ever alone. Um, this loss just rocked the softball world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, the university. So JMU just announced this was an extremely difficult decision and one that was not made lightly about the cancellation of their season. We are so grateful for the support of our fans all season and for the love from the softball community during this past week. We will use this time to continue healing and to honor Lauren's memory while finishing the academic semester strong. Um, so she was only 20 years old. I do want to point out that the Western office of the chief medical examiner in Virginia did announced afterwards that it was death by suicide. She died by suicide. Um, she had excelled as a freshman in GMU's uh, run to the college world series. Uh, mm-hmm. They had an amazing run. Uh, she hit 235 with three home runs, 10 RBI and 44 games. As a sophomore, she hit 336 with nine home runs and 33 RBI in 41 games. Um, she was just an absolutely incredible athlete, but Mm -hmm. everything that has been shared about her is she was an even better person. Um, JMU finished its season 21 and 21 and won its final five games prior. Um, You know, this is a very, the thing that I saw people very quickly talking about in regards to this is the, the need to, when we, when we were talking just a little bit ago about not treating athletes as just these like performance artists, this is a very, like, this is a very sad example of why we need to stop that and remember that these are human beings who have, I mean, I see things sometimes from Nebraska student athletes where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like how, how are they going about their day? I don't want to like put a young woman at Nebraska on blast by any means. So I'm not going to, and it's not on blast, but I don't want to like put her business out to the mm-hmm. world, but Hill varsity has the for- good fortune of following many of these young athletes on social media. So I see things sometimes, and there's this one very bubbly young woman who had something very tragic happen to her in the last week. And I would have had no idea. And yeah. she shared very openly about it, but it was something that had been going, like it, it was a fam, it was a family situation that had been going on for a long time with her. And I'm like, how has she been so bubbly and positive and all of these things? Like I would have mm-hmm. had no idea 
on the surface level. And that is the piece where we have no idea what is going on with people. Yeah. We have no idea. And we need to start taking people's mental health seriously. Yeah. Having a little bit of compassion for other individuals just on a human level is so, so necessary. I mean, I think, I mean, the last two years, I can't believe it's only been two years, two and a half, I guess, I suppose at this point um, with a pandemic and everything that's happened since then. I mean, (laughs) if you pay attention to, I mean, I, I mean, I pay attention to mental health stuff all the time. Um, One, because I feel like it makes me a more, I don't want to say well-rounded, but well-rounded person when it comes to thinking about and talking about mental health issues. Um, But we just have to, as, as human beings, like allow people to be human. Yes. There are so many things that have happened in the last two and a half years. Um, And I think that just paying attention to having a conversation around being more helpful or even even helpful doesn't have to mean that you're physically doing somebody a favor. Being helpful can literally just be listening, mm-hmm. actively listening to other people when they're trying to tell you something or checking in on people who uh, even the happiest people like honestly probably need to be like checked, not more so, but need to be checked in on like, as much as we're checking in on other people, yeah. like it is, it is, and can be, especially if it's, you know, it's something like a learned behavior or whatever. And we'll get into the nuances of it, but some of the strongest people need to be checked in on too. Um, yeah. I mean, 40, this is coming from athletesforhope.org, but approximately 46.6 million people are living with mental illness in the United States today. That's one in five adults who will be living with mental health conditions at some point in their lives. Um, There's a lot of different ways to manage that, but playing sports does not make a student athlete immune to the challenges that they face from their own mental health. Um, Here's, here's more on that from again, athletesforhope.org with young adults, but especially collegiate athletes. The statistics are startling. 33% of all college students experience significant symptoms of depression, anxiety, or other mental health conditions. Among that group, 30% seek help. But of the college athletes with mental health conditions, only 10% do. Mm. So, um, and then if you want to go into professional That's athletes. startling. Yeah. Among professional athletes, data shows that up to, a 35, up to 35% of elite athletes suffer from a mental health crisis, which may manifest as stress, eating disorders, burnout, or depression and anxiety. Um, That's why when someone like Simone Biles comes forward and says, this is something that I'm dealing with and people start badgering her for being weak and this and that the reality is Simone is never going to see what you say, but the people in your life that are battling these battling something similar are the ones who are going to see it. They're going to be the ones who take what you say and internalize it as bad, as weak, as whatever. And so you might think, well, Simone's never going to see it. Who cares? She may not, but all of these other people in your life will. And that's the other part is I think about all of these student athletes, like at Nebraska, I understand that people want their football teams to win. I get it. Mm -hmm. But 
there's the difference between saying, I want Nebraska to be better and I'm going to go voice that on Twitter, which you have every right to do freedom of speech. You can go on Twitter and be like, Nebraska's garbage. I want them to be better. But when you are tweeting directly at Adrian Martinez last season, you decide I'm going to tag him into this. He should know that I think he's trash and I should, I have a right to tell him all of this stuff. You aren't thinking about the person on the other end of that, on the, on the other end of that tweet or that message or whatever you're doing that while you may think they'll never see it in that case, that individual might. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that like Adrian expected everyone to be his biggest fan and I also think people like to do this thing where they're like, well, you're, you're old enough. You should be able to like, you understand what you're signing up for. They're not people, signing up for that. No, people don't sign up to be abused. People no. don't sign up like in like, not, I don't want to make this about me, but I'm just using an example. I did not get into sports media for people to call me a whore, to tell me I slept my way into my job. I did not get into sports media for people to tell me I'm ugly, to tell me I'm fat, to tell me I'm all kinds of things. I, I've had people tell me I'm stupid. I've had people tell me I'm annoying. I'm too loud. I'm like, I did not get into this. Right. And I hate it when people do that where they're like, well, you, I mean, you got into it. You should just know, like, Here's you should have expected this. That it That's, really, yes, it pisses like this whole, the whole, <laughs> this whole topic, just one, it blows my mind, but two, just because someone is on the internet or works in a space that you will use sports as the example occupies a space within the sports world that you are cheering on or paying attention to just because they have a social media account or are just doing their job and are accessible does not mean that that gives you access to them all of the time. That doesn't mean that you get to treat them horribly just because they occupy a space that may have to, you know, they're in front of a great deal of people. It doesn't give you the right. No, it doesn't. And I always say that hurt people hurt people. Mm. Yeah. And so I try to always remember that when people say things to me that are very hurtful, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's a lot to put on an individual to have to always constantly be the one that says it's, a, it's okay. Like I, I, I understand that you're hurting too, because right. that person is not having the same level of compassion for me. They're not thinking about what am I doing to her? They're not thinking about how am I, how am I maybe adding like, I'll just give a quick reference point. Again, I don't want to make this about me. And so I apologize if it comes across this way. I'm just using, I can only really truly yes. speak to myself. Mm -hmm. um, but a couple of weeks ago, I had a day where I was like, my anxiety was through the roof. I was um, feeling very overwhelmed, like very overwhelmed by a lot of things that had nothing to do with my job. Mm -hmm. um, I had been feeling very down personally about my own activity level, because I've definitely not been working out lately to the degree I want to. And that affects my mental health. So there's this one day where like literally anything would have set me off anything. Mm -hmm. And there are people who like, you know, they come into your comment sections on TikTok or, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And they make mm -hmm. comments that seem silly or goofy or whatever, but they're kind of little digs. Mm -hmm. And it hits you at a point where you're like, I am already so like, I, I, I cannot, I cannot 
process this at this point. Like I cannot, I can't even like put on a smile and pretend to find this joke that you're attempting to make funny. I can't. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling like a brick was just like sitting on my chest all day, like a very, very heavy brick. And honestly, like I was two seconds from like, I could have snapped at anyone. Like I was so on edge, but no one knows that. Yeah. I'm just going about doing my job, just trying to act like everything's cool. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine and normal. And that's where it's like, nobody knows what's going on on the other side of something where like, I'm literally like having like one of the worst days in recent memory. Mm -hmm. And people are just, you know, bopping along, just kind of like, Oh, we can make jokes at your expense and do all of these fun things. And who cares? And it's like, you know, if I invite the jokes in because I'm making the jokes and stuff, that's very different. But when yes. people do things that are just like, I'm, I'm going to make a comment because I just feel like doing so like, or because they, you, you can quote unquote. You, yeah. You just don't realize no idea what you might be doing. That's why like, uh, I like when my perspective is tweaked or I'm like brought back. Like, you know, sometimes I think anybody can get in a, just a, an icky headspace. Uh, we had an all company meeting not that long ago. And, uh, one of the other podcasters on our network, Bandy, great, great dude. But he talked about this quite a bit. This very thing is just, you know, people, and I've, I've heard this a million times and I get goosebumps every time people aren't going to remember the exact words that you say, but they are going to remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And if you're out there making people, if you're trying to make people feel less than or not important, like so I'm like to the point now, sometimes where I'm like, I don't even want you to have the day you deserve. I want you to have a bad effing day. Like, <laughs> yeah, stop. you don't even, you deserve worse. <laughs> I don't want you to have the day you deserve. I want you to just have a bad one sometimes, but you know, I think that goes back to the context thing, personal context. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody knows what's going on internally in my personal life, unless I share with them. So like when you're randomly commenting on, you know, strangers or people you have quote unquote access to on the internet, like you don't know how that comment, regardless of if you're joking or not is going to affect them. So like either, I know that this is just a basic human, like, normal, nice thing to do, kind thing to do. If you don't have anything nice to say, then just don't, Mm -hmm. you don't have to follow everybody on the internet. You don't have to comment on everything to be a part of a conversation. You can scroll by, you can just not say anything because like, honestly, for me, sometimes like, and I'm going to get emotional. I can already feel it. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like, I feel like I'm out here trying, I'm just doing my, my best, you know? So when people come along and are just like rude or mean or just just being mean to be mean, like it makes me second guess myself. And I don't like that at all. Like, no, I'm for the most, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, but sometimes some days, like, I'm like, I just got to hop off of here because this is too much. It can be overwhelming. It can be. And I will say like the hard part and Sasha, like you, you definitely have this, especially like you and Sadie with Meathead Test Kitchen, like as um, you have these platforms, like it also becomes hard because people then start to expect things from you. They start Mm -hmm. to expect you to speak up on topics or to chime in at all times. And it's like, where does your mental health 
get to take a moment Mm -hmm. in, in that, because there are times where it's like, I I don't have the capacity, but what a privilege to just say, like, I want to step away because not everyone has that privilege. And so there's a lot that's like bottled up in that. And so for people who aren't maybe thinking about those things, I always say like, there are a lot of people I come across on my feeds every single day that I do not agree with. Mm -hmm. And I want to yell at them. I want to tell them, go to hell. You suck. You know what I don't do? I don't do that because it, it, at the end of the day, my question would be, what am I, what impact am I making? Like, Mm -hmm. are they going to hear me? Are they going to hear me if I approach it that way? No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. They're not going to care, nor would I expect them to like, they're like the most of the time. Like if somebody is coming at me, us, whoever, like, think about this, like our listeners, like if somebody's coming at you that way, are you going to listen to what that person has to say? Mm-hmm. Like, so why is it okay to like, then go out and put that kind of shit out there? Like, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. If you're saying something like about me, like a direct attack to me, I might respond to that, but only because I want other people to know that they don't have to put up with other people's shit like that. That's yeah. the only reason I do it. It's, you know, there's so much we'll have to, <laughs> We'll have to dive into this even more because I do think having conversations on mental health and maybe we need to find somebody who's like a sports psychologist to come talk with us about it. But I do, I do want to leave this podcast um, with a little bit of good news. Not that these pieces, here's the thing. I think it's really sad. I think it's sad that I even do this where like, I I make things into buckets where I'm like, this is bad news. This is good news. Mm -hmm. Um, no, like what's happening in the situation with Brittany Griner, it's a, it's a potential positive. So like, I don't want to like, it, it feels heavy, but it potential like it's trending in a good direction, mm-hmm. at least fingers crossed. Um, I am very sad about, I'm very sad about <laughs> it's like, I can't even begin to process what the teammates and the friends, the mm. family members of Lauren are feeling from JMU. Um, but may she, may her beautiful soul rest and may she be at peace and may we continue to fight for these student athletes and for all people mm-hmm. to find the support that they need when they need it, because that's the only way we can make. So that's something where I believe that we can, we can learn from these things and turn them into good in the future, because I don't want it to be in some, I don't want it to be in vain. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is just a little, I guess, positive uplifting, uh, news. Uh, when we talk about women's sports and we say, when you build it, they will come, or when you broadcast it, they will watch. Um, clearly ESPN has seen the value of everything it has done with the W or WNBA. Uh, I mean, whatever, uh, but with the NCAA women's college basketball tournament and everything else, because ESPN is, is going to exclusively air athletes and limited softball lacrosse and significant media rights deal. I'm reading from Yahoo sports athletes and limited summer season of softball and lacrosse will air exclusively on ESPN's networks two years after the player led league first launched the main channels of ESPN. So, I want to just point this out because people will say, well, what network are they putting on? The main channels of ESPN and ESPN2 will air 34 contests and ESPNU will air an additional 56, placing a total of 90 on linear networks over the two-year deal that runs through 2023. Another 160, at least another 160. So there's a keyword here. At least 160 mm-hmm. games will also air on ESPN+. The terms of the deal have not yet been disclosed. Um, 
This is coming from Yahoo Sports again. It's a win not only for the young league, but for women's sports as a collective, since they are rarely given the airtime, let alone prominent and consistent linear TV spots. And this is what Athletes Unlimited co-founder, CEO and co-founder John Patrasoff told Yahoo Sports about this. One of the biggest obstacles for fans of women's sports to date has been accessibility to the Mm. game and the content. Even if you love pro softball or love pro lacrosse, it's hard to find it. Typically, it's on multiple platforms. The fact that we know we can put everything under the ESPN umbrella in these sports, I think, is going to be great for fans and in turn, great for advertisers. Yes. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to call out ESPN on this front because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why they do something. They're doing this because it's a good business decision. When they invest in women's sports, they see it pay off again. Have you, has anyone ever like spent any time looking at the college, the women's college world series and what it does? It's, it outperforms the men's college world every single year. Uh, the interest in college softball all season long is incredible. You put it on it, you put it on TV and people are watching. I don't know how many like stories you can just Google, by the way, women's college world series viewership, just Google that. And here's what will come up as some of the top stories. Um, why it matters. The South Carolina Yukon women's championship championship game was the most watched in 18 years. That was from four weeks ago. Um, there's things about title nine and how the viewership is growing, but resources still need to be improved. So tie 50 years of title nine women are still getting less than 50% less of the resources. Got to fix that. When we mm-hmm. talk about, um, the Wall Street Journal has a story on the wonderful monster of college softball. Oklahoma has a like Heartland College Hoops, college sports. I can't read. Has something on this Oklahoma being the softball capital of the world. Um, ratings roundup from last year. Uh, this is a good one from June of last year. S- softball is no longer a sleeping giant. Just hear the women's college world series roar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing is like softball people who are softball fans will, to- will tell you that this has been the case for a long time. Yes. The interest is there. This isn't new. People aren't just showing up to this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about like, Hey, when these networks invest, when they actually do this, look at this. Um, it's, it's, I mean, let's see. This is coming from USA Today in the summer of 2021. Longtime fans have been excited to see the final games played in front of capacity crowds of the beautiful USA Softball Hall of Fame complex in Oklahoma City, which underwent a renovation to expand its capacity by nearly 50% last year. So more capacity. They need to still upgrade it for better locker room situations and everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But ESPN is furthering its like coverage of college softball. They're wanting to be a major TV property within that. Um, ESPN is going to, has seen the benefit of wall to wall coverage around these sports. So, um, for people who are like, but I don't like it. It's fine. Then don't watch it. You have to watch it. But the (laughs) fact is, is ESPN sees this. So to all of the random men that got in my TikTok comments, like a month and a half ago, Mm -hmm. when I talked about advertising for the women's, uh, the women's basketball national, uh, final four and everything mm-hmm. and we're like yeah women aren't profitable blah 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 blah. um clearly okay. they are because i'm yeah. going to tell you right now espn doesn't make a lot of decisions just because it wants to feel good about them i nope. i'm just gonna capitalism tells me that espn at the end of the day really doesn't care about your feelings it cares about the money and is going to do what the money tells it to do and the money, money. is telling it to invest in women's sports so that's what they're doing yes so boom <laughs> yeah so 
saddle on up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is like hit your saddle now, jump on the bandwagon because there's still plenty of room. Mm-hmm. Um, these are just, these are the things where it's like, you know, I know when we have conversations on this podcast that are like uncomfortable and they're not like, they're not like just talking about like who did this and how, mm-hmm. like whatever. I know that it turns people away sometimes, but I also really appreciate the audience that is here. And I do hope that we can continue to grow the audience that is willing to listen to this podcast because in my truly like heart of hearts, the only way we make change, not only in sports, but beyond sports in the world and like just making things more equitable is when we talk about them. When we Mm -hmm. refuse to talk about them, we are doing nothing but ultimately harming ourselves. And so I just, you know, in recent weeks, as you're kind of maybe looking at the world around you and feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so much heaviness. Just remember that like we have the key to enact change and to enact, you know, to Uh, set an expectation that this is, we, we want more from, we want more for our, the women in sports and women of this country. We want more for athletes of color. We want more for LGBTQ plus athletes. We want more for all athletes. And yeah. that also includes these straight white men too. So to the person who inevitably wanted to yell at me, like equality, uh-huh. for, equality for some is equality for all. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a mic drop <laughs> again, Aaron, always with the mic drop. Look, this is, this podcast is like my therapy. It is like, I come into this and I'm like, Sasha, don't worry. We'll just like take it easy this week. And then I'm just like, look, I've pulled up all of these things that I need to discuss. (laughs) Yes. But 100%. Well, we, there's so much we need to dive into. And actually this is like kind of burn some thoughts Mm -hmm. in my head. I I think a sports psychologist would be amazing. So I'm going to work on that for maybe next week. Cause I think that's a really important conversation to have. I do too. So stay, stay with us, email us at mind your own podcast at Um, Thank you as always for listening, for being a part of this conversation, whether you always agree with us or not, or maybe we challenge some of the ways you think, or you come and challenge ours. It's yeah. that's the beauty of this. Um, you can also tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha 72. Um, keep an eye out. Like I said, I'm going to be doing my best. I already shared something on Instagram about Brittany Griner. So like, if you're like, I want to help amplify this, um, I'm going to do my best to look for sources that are doing their best too. So that way we're sharing relevant, um, like positively helpful information, uh, through this. So keep an eye out. Um, otherwise we'll be back next week with just more important conversations and talk. Hopefully next week we'll even have a video component. Cause I know that's like super trendy and fun and, and podcast yes. now. And maybe you can see our faces, but it's a good thing you can't see mine today because I didn't wake up in time. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back with video next week. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.